So here we are again. We got me and my dogs, me and my puppies, the most skilled fighters, fighting puppies in the world. These dogs are just all day, every day, going at each other. Takedowns. They 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 pull a guard. They they go. They shoot the leg. They one of them's tall. Uses his length. They bite the ears, the neck, the feet. Their mom, my girl. trained all of them she's the most aggressive fighter in the play yard she everybody's cool and she she doesn't fight but um she took some owners by surprise the way she takes dogs down in the middle of the doggy time <clears throat> but we never had anybody angry the dogs seem to enjoy it um you know because when dogs are puppies usually they are playing together and then we expect when they get older they should just sit around and do nothing all day it's depends what kind of breed breeder you get so, so ours is mixed breed in fact she's a mini which means that she's kind of the, she was the runt of the litter but she was the only girl smaller her brothers are huge she had an awesome litter we've been cleaning every day their little fighting skills are improving. But it's time, I think, to get rid of some of them. Anyways, vis-a-vis -vis last podcast, I want to kind of clear some stuff up. So first off, the fighter I was talking about is um, Clay Guida or Guda. Clay Guda. American UFC lightweight guy. He's not in the top 15, I don't think. But does he ever have that overhand wrestler style mid-level? Um, I, I just think he's way underrated. I don't think there's anybody in that division who wants to fight that guy. And I know that he can be beaten. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that style, I'd like to see where he ends up training people, um, you know, who he ends up coaching, I guess right now he's with Jackson Wink, he's with team alpha male. So they, they're kind of, I guess I saw a documentary. They're kind of like community based. So that's cool. I mean, I think the the point is that it's kind of people say it's predictable, like overhand right, overhand left, shoot the legs, stay in that mid range, change levels a lot. Um, maybe some people think it's boring. Um, I guess he was a featherweight. Yeah, but that that's probably why he developed that style because he was a featherweight. Um, and you you gotta learn how to push people off. People are so fast keep that range um so the bantamweight the featherweight the super lightweight i gotta get my i gotta get my um divisions in order you know as much as i like stuff um i'm also just kind of lazy and um so for example i get Right, so flyweight, yeah, obviously flyweight, bantamweight, featherweight, yeah. Anyways, shows what I know. So as I was saying last time, I think you got to go, you got to get people versus one fighting against some UFC guys. I, I, maybe the top three to five aren't so good, but aren't as good. But I think, yeah, I think, what can I say? I mean, you put Peter Yan in a one championship, would he become the champion? Yeah, but he's pretty much the champion of UFC. Figueredo, that's exactly what I'm talking about. If you like to watch Figueredo fight, then you, you got to check out the one. 
Alexander Volkanovsky, now that guy is a beast. I think when you get into the featherweight, the UFC has got it still. All the way down. Calvin Qatar got worked over last time, but... Um, you know, I think they're, they're a little more disciplined in the featherweight. And Eddie Alvarez got DQ'd um, in the lightweight, which just proves my point. Maybe he wasn't disciplined enough. Then heads over to one, tries to wing it, and isn't even disciplined enough there. Gets DQ'd out of his match today. I'm sure he's disappointed. I'm sure everyone's disappointed. They paid him a ton of money. He's kind of like the Chicharito. <laughs> he's the Chicharito of one at this point. But, uh, you know, LA Galaxy all the way, pulling back for Chicharito. Um, yeah, I, I don't think you could put the lightweight in there. And it's obviously the, the fact that it has that Mai Tai and kickboxing aspect this makes it way different but again flyweight bantamweight i'd like to see some cross signings just like they did with the lightweight with bellator um bellator whatever however you want to call it they got a lot of russians over in one too and as you know you know russians are good my point is i don't see the point you train guys go over there and train and there's obviously guys over there in thailand and uh, other places who kick ass, you know, and um, and then they get pushed into these smaller companies. But I, I saw a clip on a Rogan, Joe Rogan podcast, which said, and I hope they don't try to sue me for saying their name um, with my three followers, um, that the that one is actually more viewers than UFC because of the Asian following that one has they broadcast in fact you know i can get ufc here um for free the 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 um television channel fox sport one pays the fee and they put it on here and sell out the advertising and it's on sunday mornings usually so we get yeah even the main card of course and uh, and then one is on usually Friday nights or tonight. This time was a Wednesday night. I know maybe they decided like with COVID that everybody's home anyways. Whatever you, but a guy like uh, Cody uh, Garbrandt put that guy over against some guys. You know if he goes trains over there, gets his. He gets his punishment over there, and then he comes back. Look, I'm not saying anything bad about anybody. I'm just saying, wouldn't that be a fight you'd want to see? Um, Cody Garbrandt, Peter Yan. Now, that I would, I would like to see that fight because Peter Yan doesn't really put people away that well, unless it's illegal. I mean, he he he's tough and he wins clearly, but. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I'd, I'd like to see that. Cody Garbrandt, Peter Yan, Corey Sandhagen. I bet against him last time, and he punished me with that crazy knockout um, of Frankie Edgar. Really punished him, put him down. Um, I just thought Frankie Edgar would kind of ease him around and expose the weak spots, but... Corey seems to be all okay, you know. He seems to be like um, like no one's exposed him yet. So he's he's like he seemed soft to me, but he doesn't seem soft to me anymore. He seems dangerous. And yeah, it could just be the UFC is giving up on that flyweight division. I've heard. I think they were talking about that. I'd like to see Benavidez. Figueredo, although Benavides is way down there. Anyways, is there anybody, is Figueredo in the top? Okay, he's number 10 in the pound for pound. So, in Sterling, where's P Peter Jan is number 12, Sterling's 14. 
Max Holloway, who is a good fighter. It's hard to believe that Brian Ortega is a featherweight, right? Brian Ortega is a big guy. He gets down to featherweight. Zabit. I know that style pretty well, Zabit. Seen a lot of that style anyways. Um, tough guy to handle. I'm sure that trade handle me um edson barbosa is 14 still still going huh do i even know edson barbosa or am i thinking of the guy who played for the phoenix suns i don't really follow nba but i i used to some oh yeah junior edson barbosa yeah he what is up with that guy He was, uh, okay, Paul Felder took him out, and he's been kind of scrambling since then. A decision. Oh, he lost to Gaethje. That's interesting. What's up with that? Why was he, oh, okay, so he, that's right. He, Kevin Lee, that's the fight I remember. Kevin Lee beat him. By a KO, and then he beat Dan Hooker, who Dan Hooker is just kind of like a workhorse journeyman. And after Dan Hooker, he had a title shot. That's crazy, but now he's he, he's thinned up, he's thinned out. Who does that? Who gets more thin? as their career goes on. That's kind of crazy, right? Like, uh, that the guy dropped the division. I'm look, I'm not an expert, but I don't know how often that happens. Maybe it was a catch weight and they do the balance of the two. I don't know. Anyways, so yeah, Clay Gouda, hit me up if you know anybody else who has that kind of style. Obviously, wrestling, if you think of Daniel Cormier, kind of does that, does really well to take the high clinch and clear out when he when he breaks the clinch. Seen him hit a few people. Kamara Usman, he's a pretty boring fighter in my opinion. Israel Adesanya. I don't. I can watch a. I can watch an Adesanya fight. Uh, I, some people say it's boring. I, I appreciate it. I think Usman's much more boring. I was pulling for Burns a lot. Uh, but the Covington Usman fight's going to be really good. I watched a podcast with or, or two podcast reports with. Um, with Covington, he's not that bad. <laughs> he actually seemed like an actual guy on these podcasts. He's talking about his fight, fight game, and he's got a new camp apparently. So he's probably woke up one day and was kind of embarrassed. Um, Tyron Woodley, they got him at number ten in the division. I've got him at no longer fighting. I don't see how he fights anymore or why. Amazing how he's so old now, but um, um, it was really see that guy, you know, he's one of the top, it was at one time a top wrestler in the entire country, the U.S. And um, and to see him get finished, I mean, it's he's got to be finished. So it took a bow, you know, take a bow, keep yourself healthy. Go out there, do your rap album, or what? I saw that behind the scenes or whatever. He's doing a rap album. Do it, man. Do it. Just relax. Soak it all in. I'm sure he's got a. I'm sure, he's got his his wife or his girlfriend around, you know. Or living the life. I don't. I don't know what his deal is, but. Either way, it's it's weird in that division, right? I mean, the 
that welterweight division is is so difficult to win, and I can understand why Woodley would want to continue to try. But I mean, what's he gonna do? Even more pressure? Is he gonna fight Li Jingliang? So two guys who got taken out last time. I mean, and then what happens? He loses decision. I don't see the point. Um, so Islam Makachev should probably be above Dan Hooker. I would say he's probably more effective than Dan Hooker. Those guys really live it, man. I've, I've, Seen some of those guys, these guys coming out of Russia now, Dagestan, they, they really live the game their whole life. They're just in, they're in like camp kind of all the time. Like they finish work and then they go to their class and it, it, the classes are huge. There's so many people, so many guys, and they're all real guys. I mean, every last one of them and they're just three times a week no matter what job they have it's like going to the weight room you know you see guys in the u.s always go to the gym and for these guys they're always going to to practice to to roll to wrestle to not not so much striking they're not they kind of, I think when they go pro, they kind of get them all fitted up with the striking. But, but they're very even. Their bodies are very even, you know, so their striking is very effective at keeping someone in one place. And that's part of the key to what they do. So, yeah. Second point, I feel bad. Zhang Wei Li, I forgot her name. I got her against Rose Namajunas. Rose is a tough girl, but I don't see it. And uh, Shevchenko, that's going to be interesting. We'll see what fireworks happen there. I'm sure. I I just feel bad, you know, the last podcast or whatever. I kind of made it seem like um, I was down on the women's women's fighting and look i as i said about the ncaa hockey if you want to talk about a lack of funding how about ncaa hockey i mean these guys are really good athletes and they you can't even find the the frozen four bracket on the google search um and then everyone but all the focus is on the women you know, women don't get enough respect or whatever. And there was recently the Draymond Green. I don't follow the NBA, but Draymond Green had a release about he he thinks it's all about revenue. And that that uh, girl, that woman, I, she's tiny. Uh, Rapino. She's she's very small person. Um, on the U.S. national team, she she was saying, "Look, it's not about the revenue; it's about building the system and equality and building the system." And look, in in university sports in the U.S., there's a law; it's got to be even and high school. So the same funding for both got to have the same number of programs. That's fair. It's all about athletics, being healthy, learning about the rules of life, being confident. I'm all about that. At the pro level, I just don't think it's realistic to have the audience with the equal level of interest between the men's and women's sports. And, uh, you know, I think you can see that in college hockey where the funding by law is the same in the women's and the men's college hockey, I guess. Or, I, you know, honestly, I don't know how it works, but... I feel bad for the men's college hockey guys. They work really hard, and I, I don't think they get enough respect. But they go pro. They make money. But uh, the women's UFC division, I think some of it's legit. But I think I speak for everyone 
when you look at the card and you say, okay, so this is going to be a really boring five rounder and, and they're less bore or three rounder their decision. They're less boring as time goes on. So it used to be pretty bad. I'll be honest. You saw some girls who clearly just like decided to do it. And because they were the only ones they became, you know, they were able to sign a contract or something, but now I've seen some some pretty decent fights. Um, even the ones where you know it's going to be a three-round decision, you, you, the tactics of it are interesting. Um, but, and of course, if you watch the press conference, it's so hyped with Amanda Nunez and and all this, but I do think that there's some interest in Zhang Wei Li, straightforward walk him down style. Valentina Shevchenko, I do think that she has some fireworks, you know. Um, and Amanda Nun- Amanda Nunes, uh, I think, I think she's not as much of a draw as she could be. I I know she's a good fighter. Um, but I mean, she's not as big of a draw as Rousey ever was, but I think that speaks towards the realistic view that you need to have of these, uh, these fights. I mean, they're, of course they deserve to be in it. I applaud the UFC for having these divisions. And I think Dana White was early on, he got grilled by some lady from Sky News or something about, he, he early on was against women fighting and then came around to it when he realized if he didn't have it, he probably realized if he didn't have it, people would be angry about it. It would hurt his brand. But be that as it may, there's some good fights out there. And I do think Zhang Wei Li and Rose Namajunas has some drama to it. Um... So I'm looking forward to that. I think Joanna, Joanna Jedcherchik is the classic journeyman. I think she's carried women's fighting, not on her back, but for a long time, she's taken a beating to keep that respect level around. And I, you know, I think everybody respects her for that. Um, and, uh, and she's a good fighter too. She strikes pretty well just not quite hard enough, you know, um, but very fast. I, I wouldn't want to fight her. <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, I think she'd probably just break my nose and then go from there. Uh, yeah. So that's what I, when I kind of scoffed at the hockey thing, I, that was my, my thinking, you know, it's like, you have these these guys, these college hockey guys who work so hard. And all of the focus is on like, oh, what about women's sports? Well, yeah, but what about these college hockey guys? Um, the fitness level that goes into that sport and the work rate. And plus they're going to university. So the Frozen Four is tonight, April 8th, and April 10th is the final. Please check it out. And of course, what's the what's the next UFC event? So now now that the one championship is finished, that was for me. It was the one championship, then the uh, Frozen Four, and then Vittori, Kevin Holland. I think Vittori is going to take care of him, but Kevin Holland could knock him out. Who else is on that card? Alan Yusuf, okay. Alvi Marquez, okay. Mike Perry, Daniel Rodriguez, should be pretty crazy. Not much on the card, so that could be a good one to watch. Honestly, when there's not much on the card there's some really good undercard fighting usually. 
Yeah, good. And then when is this? On April 8th. So this is the Sunday. So you got the Frozen 4, 8, 10. Sunday is the Vittori Kevin Holland. And then you've got uh, Kevin Holland must live in Los, uh, Las Vegas or something. Uh, Whitaker Gastelum. Probably Whitaker is going to knock him out. Although Gastelum is, has a high clinch. Stays alive, right? It's, apparently, it just keeps people, keeps pushing people around. That's a fight night. Not much going on there. And then the Usman Masvidal is April 25. That's the next big thing. That's when you've got Zhang Wei, Lee Rose, Namajunas, Shevchenko, Andrade. That ought to be a fight. Uriah Hall, Chris Weidman. Should be very interesting. Anthony Smith, Jim Crute. That's going to be a good one. And this is the one that's going to have an audience. Undercard here looks amazing. I'm scrolling through all these. Every one of them looks like could be good. And then I'd say the next one after that, you got to look at, there's a fight night, Sandhagen Dillashaw. Dillashaw is off the juice. And I put him right back in there with Sandhagen for a fight night. And then, of course, May 16, Oliveira Chandler. That's probably what everybody's waiting for. The undercard to that looks okay. Should be pretty good. You got Andrea Lee, Antonina Shevchenko. That ought to be fun one to watch. And then, to be honest, the undercard looks a bit hit or miss. That's all right. And then Font Garbrandt, May 23. Garbrandt back against Font. And this is all booked up. Oh, that's a fight night, just two fights. And an undercard. So that's it. Uh, yeah. And as I said, the waves here have been really big. I'm not much of a surfer. I will be honest with you. I do know waves, though. Um, there's been some storms that roll in here and some pretty good surf out on the reef, which is exciting for those who are better at surfing than I am. Exciting for me to get out there and kind of go up and down on the waves and relax hang out, thinking of getting, getting into it more, um, in the next few weeks. But, uh, you know, for the most part, everything's pretty quiet here. Again, I'll probably try to post some puppy fight video. You guys can see the different styles of each of the dogs. And that's it. Signing off. Have a good one. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. We've got a good lineup for you today. I've got uh, some good insight into the one fight that closed out a few hours ago. One fighting championship, if you don't know, it's pretty hot in the lighter divisions. It's probably give UFC a run for its money in the, the flyweight and lightweight. And uh, this morning on TNT Europe had Marias v. Demetrius Johnson. For those who don't know, Demetrius Johnson is uh, just constant in his movement. He's changing levels constantly. Um, probably the, the fastest paced 
kind of catch wrestler or MMA style wrestler and in history, maybe the best MMA fighter in history, but I think he falls more into that catch weight, uh, that, that, uh, catch wrestling kind of specialty. It's probably why he moved on from UFC, but, um, or why he didn't gain so much popularity in UFC, which is, this is a bit of a shame, honestly, because, uh, He's just constant, and, and he forces his opponents to be constant. So if he's in there with a striker, it's just going to be, you know, just round after round of, of, of movement, round after round of, of uh, lane assessment and angle approaches and shifting and approaching and kind of a, a little bit of a, he has a bit of a, I don't know the word, but the French word, it's a bit of a fencing style where he's kind of bouncing in and out um, of the range of the opponent constantly. And if he feels the pressure, he's going to bounce back, almost like fencing. The... Uh, the past few fights of his have been phenomenal. I mean, the, the rate of action is better than anything I've seen in UFC uh, ever. The output, the speed. The guys are smaller, obviously, but, you know, a lot of these guys, I don't know. It could be that the UFC just has more, I don't know, more kind of traditional stand-up or, or something. I don't know why these guys don't get approached, but it could also be that one offers them a better package uh, financially. I know uh, Eddie Alvarez was saying that one offers a better, a better financial package for guys who are good fighters who, you know, probably aren't going to be the type of draw that UFC is building cards off of anymore. Uh, but like traditional good fighting, stylistically entertaining guys who aren't getting their paycheck eaten away by, uh, by top line guys. So say what you want, but when you have an Nganu Stipe or a Poirier McGregor fight, they're just going to eat the paycheck of a lot of guys below them. Or, or the UFC just has a ton of money. It's hard to say. But either way, there's a ton of talent in the lighter weight classes. Eddie Alvarez is pushing, and I think the UFC has it in that, that weight class. But uh... – Yeah, I think that the UFC probably has it in the in the lightweight, but you go below that, and it's I don't know. Anyways, it's entertaining, and Marias today, Marias took out Demetrius Johnson by meeting him in the the equilibrium level. He he, uh, you know, I, I get so tired of coaches who tell you stand up straight, and I, I think it's a comes from Mai Tai training, and I'm not knocking Mai Tai, but uh, if you're facing a wrestler and you're just constantly elbows up, you know, the guy's just going to devour you. Or, or you see a kickboxer like John Haggerty, Jonathan Haggerty, get taken out by, uh, by uh, Rod Tang. And uh, you can see how the body is so open with that traditional kickboxing style. And, and uh, you know, same is true with anybody boxing. If you look at McGregor boxing against Poirier, and a lot of coaches are telling you stand up. Even MMA guys, straight in the back, lean back, get your distance. And obviously keeping your head away is good, but, you know, tucking your arm, keeping your, your head... Um, you know, uh, keeping your head protected is good, but I, I'd prefer to see a guy turn that fist out a little bit and catch that overhand right a little bit more. I, I watched Rod Tang 
you got to see this guy in one championship, Rod Tang. Just gets inside guys so well. Um, uh, you know, just sits in the pocket inside a guy's hooks and just crushes guys. But he catches their punch with his elbow as his lead hand kind of does a, a little bit of a draw. Uh, a little bit of a jab draw, kind of a little bit of a high clinch, very high clinch actually. But you know, I'm not I'm not an expert in this, but be that as it may, Marias Marias comes through exactly at the level that almost every every single uh, coach would tell you not to be at. You know, in in a crouch, but throwing a hook. A level I, I personally love. I think it's fights can be won there. It's in that those, you know, what are they called? Um, when you're hustling, kind of uh, the clinch is breaking or scrambling. They call it. He's a good scrambler. This guy, Marias. So he's scrambling, flying left knee in the middle of a scramble, knocks Demetrius Johnson out, and before that hits him with a right hook from a crouch position. I thought it was, you know, years, years in the making to see a guy actually do that. There's one guy in UFC who fights this style. He's an American guy. Uh, he's got long hair. And uh, if I can get his name up here, I think you would actually kind of recognize who I'm talking about. He's... uh. I think he's in the welterweight. He might be high lightweight, but uh, I think I'll remember his name. It's good research, right? It's an American guy. Anyways, I, I've long thought that this style of scrambling from a crouch wrestling position is the is the American style of fighting um, that nobody teaches and I, I'm not really sure why I mean you see guys who are good at scrambling but you you don't see a lot of guys who um, are approaching in that mid-level change you know when they when a guy, is coming at you instead of instead of a traditional takedown defense, which you're basically saying, look, we're going to waste time here. You can actually get down in the crouch and kind of knock them around a little bit. So might be might be Neil Magny, but I don't I don't think so. I got to get this guy's name. Anyways, I'll look it up for you. I'll have it for you next time or something. Uh, he's got long hair. He's this kind of crazy guy. Um, scary guy. Looks like he's roided up a bit. Sorry. Hate to say it, but I'm not famous, so it doesn't matter. Let's check UFC Fights 2020. He was in. He was in a a match. Had a good win against an up-and-coming guy who everybody loved. Um, the guy backed by um, Ronda Rousey. What's that guy's name? Now, this is why we need uh, to do research or have a co-host. But the guy who is backed by Ronda Rousey, I think... I think it was, you know, him who got taken out by this other guy. Anyways, I'll look it up for you. But, yeah, so Demetrius Johnson got got TKO'd or, or uh, a KO stopped, stopped due to punches. To stop due to a flying left knee a foot and a half off the ground. Um, 
you know, the guy's basically doing like, uh, like plank kind of like, you know, when you lift your knee up to your elbow and you're crawling forward in your pre pre training routine, kind of crawling about a foot off the ground, knee to elbow, knee to elbow. And, uh, clocked him with the left knee. It was really good. And then he hammer fisted a few times and the guy stepped in and it was legit. Demetrius Johnson was out. So yeah, after that was a Rod Tang fight where he fought, uh, what's the name of that guy? T, Mini T from Australia. I got him on my Instagram here. Mini, Mini T. Guy from Perth, Australia, Dan Mini T, Daniel Williams. And Daniel Williams tried to stand toe-to-toe with Rod Tang. The first round, he got the better of him as Rod Tang just kind of walked him down and took punches to the face. And then the second round, he got inside as he usually does and knocked, uh, knocked Mini T down. I mean, by by a punch to the jaw, a right hook or a straight right, just direct. But he got up and then he got he took an elbow to the eyebrow, got uh, knocked. He got, he got a huge cut. And then uh, and then uh, third round was just kind of back and forth and you know it's it's weird in one championship you same thing with these demetrius johnson fights the and i've always had trouble with this when i see fights is when one guy is such a more powerful striker and the other guy survives the fight you really want to give him the fight because he he's so overmatched in every facet um he's uh, you know, and you're really pulling for the guy, but yeah, Rod Tang went out there. Credit to the guy, like a Nate Diaz style third round there, landing punches, just not not very hard punches. Once he got knocked down, he just didn't have the power to knock Rod Tang out, which apparently nobody does um, for now in that division. And oh, that's a straight Muay Thai fight, by the way. So they, as soon as they hit the ground, they stand them up. You can throw the opponent down. Um, but, you know, I guess there's some controversy about throwing people. But, um, depends on the style throw. A lot of heel hooks, stuff like that. But the Demetrius Johnson fight is not a Muay Thai. It's straight, obviously. It's uh, MMA. But it's, you know, the one championship in these lightweight and these super lightweight and flyweight stuff is it's so action-packed it's so it's, it's so fast um and you know the, the striking these guys land i mean the, these fights would be like they're like the top fights of ufc i swear i mean the amount of punching that lands and the amount of takedowns that occur. And I, look, I know that um, I'm not saying that the UFC isn't probably the best in the world, um, specifically at the, at the kind of lightweight for sure. Um, but I mean, the fact is they don't recruit out of Asia very well. Um, and I think there's a lot of, a lot of fighters in Asia who, um, would definitely hold their own. And the guys I see come across or come out of the UFC performance centers, mostly out of China so far, not, not very savvy, very technical, I guess, but not very savvy. And, uh, of course, uh, Zhang, I think that's her name. The upcoming fight. What's the next fight? What's her name? 
Kevin Holland. That's probably not going to be much. Mike Perry's on the next card, huh? Is it Wang? Or Zhang? I don't know. She had that fight with... With... Uh, uh... Oh, hold on. Let me just get her name. I'll just go to UFC.com and do my research next time. Yeah, anyways, she's had a few title fights. She's from China. And uh, she's she's the real deal. But she's also very straightforward. I mean, she takes punches. I think, you know, I think that uh, there's always a puncher's chance against her. And let me get the lineup here. UFC's got action figures out now. That's funny. Some new action figures. Nice. So she had a fight with Joanna. Uh, Jedjerchik. When Joanna's head got really swollen up. And that was weird. Um, now she's got Rose Namajunas, who's the wild card. Rose has got a puncher's chance, but Zhang Wei Li, that's right, Zhang Wei Li. Only thing I think anybody wants to see is Amanda Nunes somehow, somehow get her up against Zhang Wei Li. Um, but Zhang, I guess, is pretty small. Um, yeah. So. Or get somehow Zhang Weili against Shevchenko. But I'm not an expert in the weight division. I wouldn't know, to be honest. The woman pound for pound. How do they got? Rose is fourth. Wow. Considering we haven't heard from her in a while. <laughs> Holly Holm is eight. And Rose is four. I like Rose Namajunas, but... Uh, yeah. Shevchenko, I think the top three there are just head and shoulders above the rest. What do we have here? Men's pound for pound. Volkanovsky. Yeah, he's a bit of a tough dude to handle. Adesanya is number four. I don't, I don't see that. How does that happen? Ngannou is below Adesanya. Stipe dropped to number seven. Jan, Jan's number eight. Meanwhile, Jan crushed, crushes people. Um, I, I, I mean, you got to put Jan above his Israel. I don't know. Uh, what do I know? Aljamain Sterling, number fourteen. Peter, okay, Peter Jan. Number 12, Conor McGregor holding on to the 15th spot. Seems all right. Seems fair. Let me see if I can catch this guy's name. I don't even think he's top 15 in anything. I'd have to go through one by one. But anyways, this mid-level attacking style is just really tough to handle. And you saw that today. So you got to check out this guy, Mariah's. I think he'd hold his own for sure um, with anybody in the UFC. I'm, I'm almost sure that Figueredo is a style that, yeah. I mean, Figueredo could easily move over to one and be in that mix. Probably take the championship. But it's just the pace of the fights is really incredible. <laughs> So, yeah, that's that. You got to check out those women championships. And uh, what else is new? Uh, in the sporting world, we got the Frozen Four Hockey Tournament. So, we got some universities you never heard of. We got... University of Massachusetts. 
Obviously, I'm pulling for them. They lost three of their top players to COVID-19 contact assessment or whatever it's called, contact protocol. I mean, literally, they're top three players. Not fair. Awful to hear. Of course, I feel awful about it. It's just amazing how unfortunate that is. Who's, you know, who's managing that situation? Um, you know, where where that occurs. Um, you got to wonder how that happened, that they all, all those guys, two of their top goalies, the top two goalies. So yeah, UMass, runner up in the last 2019 tournament is going up again against Minnesota Duluth down their top three. You know, I want UMass obviously, but that's Minnesota Duluth. And on the other side of the bracket, you've got probably some teams you've never heard of. Uh, Let's see. You can't even find you can't even find the tournament on the internet. You gotta like, yeah. When you go even to the NCAA website, they don't even like tell you who's playing. It's almost impossible to to get uh, to get it, but. Uh, Let's check live updates by the NCAA. It's like they don't even have someone who's um, who's who's updating their information. There's no bracket. Minnesota State. There you go. There's one. Minnesota State took down number one Minnesota. And that's right. St. Cloud State took out BC Boston College, who was supposed to be. Really good this year. I guess their guy kind of maybe flaked out a bit. I don't know, but whatever, BC. Good school, but still, whatever. Um, yeah, so, yeah, Frozen 4, that's tomorrow. Be sure to check that out. We got some fights coming up in the UFC. Uh, you know, that's about it. Got some... Some good surf going on, high waves, huge waves for the past week or two. And uh, yeah, so that's it. Signing off. Check me out soon. That's it. I'm out. I'm done. <laughs>